Aliens. I'm sure we've talked about them before, but I just read a great piece in the New Yorker magazine because I'm like your uncle, who tears out whole articles from their bindings and sends them to you with a thought you'd enjoy this scrawled across the top and ballpoint pen, and I've written it so hard that you can read the indentations of the letters on the sixth page of the article. And the main thrust of this thing was that aliens are real, they've been here a lot, and are probably here now, and for some reason, perhaps the same reasons that the folks in charge didn't want to start a panic with, say, an out-of-control virus. And look where that got us. You see, they're keeping it from us. Now, I'm no conspiracy fella. I'm more of an intuitive science friend. But my intuition tells me that space is too vast. And if an octopus is a thing, aliens are definitely also a thing. I mean, the history of this planet, once ruled by what were most likely giant chickens. I dare you to look at a Tyrannosaurus Rex and not see what I'm talking about. Just imagine it with feathers, covered in feathers. It's all just too ridiculous, and there's too much variation for life forms not to have developed here and elsewhere. And if aliens are walking through Main Street, possibly sharing DNA with us to help us to evolve and survive, then I bet some of them needed some good cover-up or blemish remover to help them blend in, at least until their skin suits adjusted to our atmosphere and hard water. If we start traveling among the stars, you may find yourself in need of some good makeup as well, which is why I'm recommending Revolution Beauty. Revolution Beauty is an affordable and accessible makeup for all. And since day one, Revolution has been challenging beauty norms and championing diversity. All their products, all of them, are 100% cruelty-free and designed based on consumer feedback. So Revolution has something for every skin type and any occasion, even visitors from other realms. I started a lot of potions and lotions during this pandemic, and I gotta say, I'm gonna emerge from this thing looking younger and very taut, very, very taut, like the head of a drum. But folks, this week, the Deep Night is teaming up with Revolution Beauty to give you 20% off your next purchase by using the code PODGO20. That's P-O-D-G-O 20 at revolutionbeauty.us. Check out the link in our show notes and join the revolution today. Now, we're actually talking about makeup, fitting in, improvising, and more this week when we discreetly open up our compacts that we keep in our fanny packs. We open it up and peer into the mirrorverse in hopes of locating that distant portal that will lead us to the deep night. Oh, friend, hello, it's me, Del Seaver, and I'm so happy to be your host, guide, and guru through this next hour of regrets and revelations we call the Deep Night. And you know, now, with all this ad money rolling in, we're coming to you tonight from a luxury box that I've crafted out of scrap plywood and a discarded beach chair along the foul banks of the Gowanus. $3.50 so far in climbing. And if you had told me 12 years ago, and I'd be sitting here, having made $3.50 from podcasting. Well, I would have given up long ago. <laughs> oh, friends, that's not why we do it. But since they offered, I'm happy to try my hand at reading ad copy. We'll put it all into a deep night fund, and then we can all choose what to do with it. Doesn't that sound good? Okay, well, I did read an article about aliens, and I'm ready for us to just do a meet and greet. I'm amazed we can't figure out a Zoom call with one of them, right? One species must have it. <laughs> but then again, I've done a lot of Zoom calls with coworkers, and I get it. <laughs> Might be too complicated. How do you say you're muted in the language of the Keys on 12 worm creatures? 
<laughs> you don't. What if they look like us, but are just super tiny, like Jimmy and Rosalind Carter, flying around in little overstuffed armchairs with their orthopedic shoes dangling? Oh, man. I've been inside for a long time. But our show today, oh, one of the joys of quarantine, and there are very few. But one small silver lining is that uh, I have uh, had the opportunity, <laughs> if that's what you call it, to watch a lot of television. All of Grey's Anatomy? Sure, why not? I consider it a sequel to Glee. All of the Bob Newhart show? It's honestly shocking when Bob and Emily move to a new apartment and for a few episodes they change up the theme song. I was rattled. But one newer show that thankfully came back and really delivered was Search Party. We've had a lot of Search Party cast and crew on this show, and today we add one more to that list. Rebecca Robles is a comedian and makeup artist and actor who appears as Cindy on Search Party, a character who is very much in love and not afraid of big gestures when it comes to showing that love for Drew, one of the main characters in the show. We talk about that experience and others when Rebecca joins me this week. So let's go to it now. It was a lot of fun, my conversation with Rebecca Robles. Rebecca Robles, welcome to the deep night. Uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Absolutely. How are you doing? I gather you just, uh, you're just joining us straight from an audition. Oh, yes. Yes, I am for a, um, uh, for a discount clothing store, and I'm so excited, and I think it went really well. <laughs> Oh, well, good. That's yeah. the opposite of how I usually emerge from auditions, so <laughs> I'm... <laughs> I'm pleased to see that it goes well for someone and you kind of feel positive about it. Oh, gosh. Well, thank you. <laughs> yeah, that's great. So you do you generally enjoy uh, doing that kind of thing? I do. I do. Um, uh, I'm very happy to be able to do it from home and not like commute two or three hours to do like a five-minute spin in front of the camera. So I see. So this is a <laughs> self-tape kind of situation? Yes. Yes, oh. it is. Wonderful. <laughs> Did they send you a frock that you had to walk around in? Um, I no, I already own I own a good amount of frocks. <laughs> um, <Wonderful>. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Good. Well, I wish you uh, all the great success oh. with that and hope that it pans out. Thank um, you. <laughs> and if not that one, then the next one because we know uh being in this uh, industry, it just keep you just takes the slog, doesn't it? Keep going. Oh, it does. It does. But I'm excited. My dad always said, you know, life's hard and then you die. So and he's he was telling me that like in the Toys R Us parking lot since I was like three. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm prepared for it to only get worse. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> make the most of it, though, uh -huh. right? That's the key, I guess. Well, I usually <laughs> start the show by asking if a guest would like to join uh, a commune with me. Oh! But um, <laughs> this weekend, a slight change of plans is that uh, in honor of Mother's Day, I watched Midsommar. Oh. And uh, I'm not sure that now that I see it, I understand some of the, my guests' reluctance. <laughs> the <Well>. question... <laughs> I'm going to fully interrupt you and be very rude just to yes. say I love Midsommar. Yeah. So I'm, I love it. I love it. I love it. So fire away. <laughs> well, it's uh, the thing that was scared me about it was really not the, the end part of that uh, motion picture, but the, the driving to the place where you realize, oh, now we're stuck. There's no way out of oh. here. We're just too far out in the woods for this to, to go well. Yeah, travel stress. I yeah. understand. <laughs> right. right. All the bumping along in that road, and then I know I would be a little car sick, and then you get to a field somewhere, and it's... Mm. Nature stress. Yeah, totally. Yeah. I'm actually <laughs> looking forward to the rituals at that point, because... You know, <laughs> yeah. The, the drive there. Um, do you like horror movies in general? You know what? I do. I do. I'm not like a hardcore... I know all of them sort of thing. Um, but I do like horror. I love Midsommar. I love, I don't know if I'm saying it right, but I feel like I'm saying it m more right than most. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I love it. I love the ending. I love that it's about a breakup. It was completely realistic. <laughs> um, yeah, I thought it was awesome. I loved, I loved it. I loved it so much. Yeah, yeah. There are certainly things about it that were appealing. Uh, 
<laughs> and then there were things that not so good. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, uh, are we going to, do you want to talk about is, I mean, I'll tell you everything. I'll go through the whole story. <laughs> But yeah, no, I mean, to answer your question, sure, I'll join the commune. Well, okay. That's it. <laughs> sure. I mean, is that the end? <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's the, that's where we're hoping to get to this, I guess. <laughs> well, yeah, I'll join and I love Midsommar. So, oh, well, that, yeah. that's terrific. This is already going very well. Okay, um, <laughs> and uh, part of the reason why I even thought about horror pictures in relationship to your work is that mm. uh, this current season of Search Party that you're involved in, uh, yeah. it almost seems like they take on a different genre each time. And yes. this time was kind of a horror picture vibe to it. Definitely. Yeah. Definitely. It kind of moves from a Scooby-Doo to a Scooby-Whoa. Yeah, it's definitely Scooby Woe for sure. I'm um I'm probably more on the, the Scooby Woe. I'm probably between Do and Woe. Yeah, sure. <laughs> right. Um, but yeah, it does. It's definitely scary. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, congratulations on your oh, work on that show. I really you. enjoy it. There's a whole uh, subcategory of this program that is just me talking to people from. On that show, oh, uh, John has been on. John Early and Cola Scola and Sarah Violet uh, Bliss have all been on the show. Uh, all terrific. So I'm always excited to 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 just to sort of uh, interact yeah. with uh, those who have been in that world. Tell me first though about this about your character Cindy. Uh, yeah, because she's kind of a person with maybe um, misguided affections. Yes, I would say misguided affections is is accurate. I mean, I think that. Um, I mean, I love her very, very much. I think that uh, her, I think her heart is in the right place. And I think in a lot of ways too, her um, her kindness and her vulnerability and perhaps naivete about a lot of things in life and her childlike energy is probably taken advantage of a great deal by Drew, John Reynolds' character. Um, yeah. And um it's un it's it's they're kind of in a co-created um crappy <laughs> relationship but um it's very understandable the situation they get they find themselves in i think and yes. um yeah i think yeah. she uh yeah misguided affections for sure she should she should probably be alone for a while and then not date him <laughs> um so yeah the short of that is that and maybe not work there at that theme park right she's a kind of a princess at an amusement park yes not unlike a disney situation or something like that yes and very much you know classic escapism situation um but i i support it i think we all need that sometimes Certainly recently, it's not bad uh, to have that. Um, and uh, do, do you find yourself having conversations with characters often saying, oh, gosh, don't don't do that? Oh, like, um, you know what? <laughs> to be completely honest with Cindy, I was like, go for it. Do all of these things. <laughs> I was like, yeah, because everything it was written so perfectly um, and everything she did made sense to me. Everything made perfect sense yeah. so i so when people think um uh or if and not and really i don't think anyone has but i feel like if if anyone is ever like whoa why would she do that or what i i didn't feel that way i actually found myself feeling like everything had a very clear um reason and in in her mind just made so much sense so i stand with her on all of her decisions <laughs> um <laughs> Yeah. Well, that's interesting because I think in in that world where uh, Cindy might stand out for a kind of pureness, uh, a kind of p solidly on the part of good, uh, that's how I read her, and everybody yeah. else is so kind of murky and very solidly in the gray, uh, crossing boundaries, yeah. sometimes in the black. Uh, but uh, it's interesting that you never questioned any of her decisions, just as the other people are also kind of just making that next decision uh, and going along with it, no matter how terrible it is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think that like to, uh, it's maybe not the most fun part to talk about, um, but it's the maybe the most interesting part for me personally. I only mean fun in that it's not gonna maybe have the most like, ha ha <laughs> moments. <laughs> but I think that the way she, gets into the relationship the or the relationship she's in with drew 
the character drew it um it's just it it makes a lot of sense to her and, I, and she doesn't I don't think she's in a place yet in her life where she understands why it's not working and so right. I think when it's painful it's real and I but yeah I mean <laughs> to propose in that parking lot in that way and and wear that insane <laughs> outfit all that stuff yeah I mean uh one of the things I love most was the feedback I got from fans and stuff on Instagram was they would write to me and say um I know people might think she's crazy, but I really don't think she was treated very well. And like people really were like protective of her in this way of like, you know, like it was a lot of like young girls would write and say, you know, I just want to say like, I don't think Drew was nice to her. And like, I think it sort of felt to me like it was resonating with people where they were like, yeah, but like, I think we've all been there in a way where we're like, hey, love me though. Like, I'm not that bad. <laughs> I'm not that bad that bad <laughs> right right so, yeah and go for the big gesture why not risk it if you really feel that way i think if you own the dress wear it <laughs> that's that, that's yeah. right that, that's right it does uh strike me that perhaps the people that do work in some of these amusement parks that pursue that as a passion perhaps they are a little bit um needier than most. Perhaps there's something missing in their lives that they seek out that particular kind of employment. I agree with you. I agree with you, Dale. I um, I went to college 10 minutes from Disneyland so oh. in Anaheim. Yes. Um, an important distinction, although Florida is lovely. I'm just yeah. letting you know. I just, I'm just setting a scene for everyone in their car listening to this. Yes, I feel much better about you being in Anaheim <laughs> than Orlando. Right? Yes. No, but... Um, yeah, uh, I, I went to school 10 minutes from uh, Disney, and I had a lot of friends who worked there in different capacities as characters or selling candy on Main Street. <laughs> and mm -hmm. um, I auditioned to be a princess there a couple times, like as a side job, I thought would be so cool. But I, I got to kind of see another side of it, knowing people who worked there. And also being someone who would go there like in between classes and college because it was that close and we all had like passes we could just go hop on the Indiana Jones ride and then like come back to school. Well, and good. yeah, fully for me personally, like, I guess to get incredibly specific to get in that fake archaeological truck and go through this like six minute fantasy that I'm on a dig with Harrison Ford. <laughs> um, was awesome <laughs> and I I remember feeling there's like a moment in the ride where it's really dark and you're alone you feel so alone because no one can see you and you're like twisting and turning over fake lava and I remember being like almost 30 years old and thinking like this is very real and like I'm on this dig right now I mean I'm on this mission and I don't want to tell anyone that I'm sitting here very excited that I feel like I'm in this other world <laughs> and so yeah I can absolutely agree that like yes i think part of the well the appeal is you go somewhere else yeah uh, and do you uh, can you identify where that drive comes from um sure i mean i guess the easy like boring um answer is like you mean like oh That's why what am i, I like I want, that yeah I want the boring. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'm an only child. <laughs> okay. See. I mean, that's easy. That's just a little e too easy, I think. But that's certainly part of it. I mean, an only child. Yeah, um, me too. Yep. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yep. Um, I get so, it. Yeah. You get it. Well, then I feel better because I think what it, that wasn't on your website. <laughs> you didn't lead with that. <laughs> so I didn't know. But yeah. Um, yeah, we get a lot of we get a lot of shit for being, there's like a stigma amongst people, I think, who aren't only children that are like, oh boy, here they come. Here right. comes an only child. Yeah. yeah. Um, Mr. Mrs. Untitled. Entitled, I mean. <laughs> yeah. 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 So, Mrs. Untitled. Yeah. I want that to be my, my name. <laughs> um, yeah. I mean, so only child. And then, um, but uh, I also grew up, um, so I lived a lot. Um, especially in middle school and high school with my dad and my uncles and my dad is from like a very big family um, and that side of the family is from Mexico um, just painting a picture again so it's like speaking Spanish and English at home and me being a little kid trying to talk over everybody yep. I think it kind of was this like interesting mix of both being an only child 
but also feeling like the youngest amongst all these like middle-aged men <laughs> and trying to like outperform them and talk over them and be funnier than them or be as funny as they were to be um, recognized. So it was sort of almost a combo of feeling like the youngest um, and totally alone. <laughs> right. So you want to get some kind of recognition. You want to be acknowledged. And then plus everything's at a kind of different level. So you're speaking at a little bit higher. You're sort of becoming an adult a little faster or something because yeah. you're trying to do that. And those pressures can also create a need to want to escape and to, to have a fantasy place to go to. Yes. And play a character, I think. Like start to like play a character to be um, do whatever it takes to like be part of the conversation. And right. sometimes that means adopting a, yeah, like adopting a bit of like a, a childlike adult person, <laughs> um, to try to fit in with every, with every, all the 50 year olds when you're right. five. Right. Yeah. To make the right, the references and to, to kind of, uh, participate, you know, to have the currency of the yeah. conversation and within the family. I think as a kid too, I definitely learned, how to adopt a different character based on different like adult settings I was in. Like I remember my mom, um, she uh, worked for lawyers. She was a, an assistant to many lawyers for many years. And I would go with her to like holiday parties and it would just be me like seven or eight years old alone in a room, like holding court with a bunch of corporate attorneys or personal injury attorneys or um, which, uh, tax law attorneys. Um, and I, yep. <laughs> all, the, all the very They're the best. <laughs> They're yeah. the best. They can't yep. see, but I'm saluting them. <laughs> yep, yep. I insist um, my audiences have at least a third <laughs> of tax attorneys. <laughs> um, and so I would be, you know, in a, I have a very clear memory of like being in living rooms with like a little paper plate of like, whatever appetizers like kind of like learning pretty quickly like what is it they want to hear and what it and like how, oh okay like I can play this role here and play another role somewhere else so it's similar I suppose to like I mean trailing it back to Cindy where it's like kind of when you work in a place like that in a theme park like that and you're dressed like that <laughs> um which I love the dress you have to um yeah, I mean, you, you. it's all, it's almost, to her degree, to that degree, it's like sacrificing your needs, sacrificing your, what you want to make everyone else happy. And I, um, and that's really, I think what I hope she goes on to learn is like that that sucks. <laughs> <laughs> and that you shouldn't have to do that to like have someone love you. Right. And yeah. I think embedded within that is a kind of critique or... Uh, conversation happening with Disney princesses or princesses of uh, fairy tales who often do exactly what you said, which kind of yeah. trade their own happiness for something else or have to uh, make some kind of sacrifice in order for them to yeah. uh, be seen even and to be recognized for the individual that they might be. Yeah, and I think um, exactly and, and sort of like learning that uh, – well, just getting rid of that classic fear that, oh, God, what if I'm myself and someone doesn't or, or just trusting like you're yourself and you'll be loved and like, but that's so scary. I mean, also, she she threw a baby by accident. I mean, that so I understand she carries that trauma. I hope I didn't spoil it for anyone, but also you should have watched it by now. Yeah, it's been out. It's been out. People should be tuned in already. That's true. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's not. I mean, it is. Cinderella, in a sense, it is. Yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, I mean, um, phys the dress is a very Cinderella-looking thing. Obviously, the name. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, it's uh, it's just fantastic. It's oh, brilliant, and uh, I'm glad to know that there was so much real-life experience behind that. Uh, oh <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, definitely. Um, if anything, I honestly was. There were moments where I. I would have to be like, oh, shit, wait, this is a comedy. <laughs> not not that that necessarily made me be, like, goofy by any means, but it would just sort of make me – I would sometimes get, like, lost in it a little where I was very um, nerdily, nerdily uh, protective of why she was the way – why she is the way she is. Yeah. And sometimes that would make me forget that, like, you know, she's – this is funny. <laughs> um <laughs> 
it's just a good thing people. keep yes. in mind. Yeah. Uh, well, that's uh, interesting. Some of these origins of the things that would then take uh, root for you later in your life, that so many things were set there. And maybe we'll come back to, to some of them. I want to know first, though, how you got involved with the search party universe, because lots of people yeah. on the, the uh, you got an emergency over there. <laughs> it's okay. They can handle it without me. <laughs> you know, when uh, when John was on the show, there was a siren that went by in the background, and he said a line that I I never forget, which oh. is, and in typical John fashion, I don't know exactly which part of this he was like how sincere he was being, but this, oh. he said, you know, I I just hate that sound because it means someone's <laughs> it means someone's suffering. Oh. And, <laughs> I mean, yeah. And you say, okay, now that might not be funny if I say it, but the right. way John said it, it was very funny. And oh. I always think, oh, that means so. And you just, because, you know, he kind of plays with this. Anyhow. Yes. He'd, no, you're, well, I didn't say it out loud, but I want everyone at home to know I was thinking that. <laughs> and I am just as funny. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, but uh, we did in school, I went to Catholic school and we had to, every time a siren went by in middle school, we had to stop and say a Hail Mary because our teacher was like, somebody might be on the way to the hospital to die and we should pray for them. Um, so yeah. everyone, <laughs> bow your head. Everyone listening, take a moment and, <laughs> yeah. and do what you um, need to do. Pray to your gods. <laughs> yeah. <Right. laughs> um, anyway, yeah. So uh, according to a lot of the uh, many listservs for Search Party that I'm involved in, oh, yeah. uh, they are very, uh, when they see your name come up, they say, oh, wait, uh, she was on season one or she appeared and in the yeah. uh, in, in another season. So is that the same character in your mind or are they all three different uh, characters? Um, that's a very good question. So, see, yes, I was in season one and it got cut, although some people have claimed in hotel rooms on demand they can see me. <laughs> like, well, I mean, if you buy it a, on demand or something, I'm in the season one. Yeah. I, I'm like in the season one uh, memorial scene. Um, and then season two as a photographer that harasses Dory for a bit. Um, you know, I think it makes a lot of sense that people think it's the same person. Um, I think it makes a lot of sense given Cindy's history that she would um, suddenly have it. Now you have an emergency, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. Do you, or is that a, it's still me? Maybe we're neighbors. Maybe. <laughs> um, I, but, um, they got it. Uh, it went around the corner, but yeah, uh -huh. I think, uh, I think it makes a lot of sense if it's the same person. Yeah. Uh, so I think if there, there, I know that there is that um, uh, idea out there. And like, to me, it makes a lot of sense that um, she's been around, she's been circling because I, I think it makes sense for Cindy that uh, she wouldn't recognize that it could be, cause I saw someone online called it like, Oh, she's a, she's a stalker. They were using the word like, I, Oh, I have a, theory that she's a crazy stalker because we saw her in season two mm -hmm. i that makes would make sense to me if it is the same person because i think cindy wouldn't know that it's coming across as scary stalking i think she would just think it's coming across as like um she's curious and she cares and she's excited and she wants to be close to these people right um yeah which I think, you know, intention versus impact kind of thing. Mm -hmm. <laughs> her intention is just, yeah. Sort of misguided pure. again in some of her uh, yeah. feelings and, and where those things are being placed. Um, yes. So uh, we'll leave that murky for now and let people explore it's, that. It's part of the rich yeah. mystery of, of that yes. program. But you uh, really got involved with everybody uh, from an earlier show and through a kind of slightly different uh, show, a movie, uh, slightly different uh, practice yeah. that you have. Is that right? Yes, I practice makeup. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah, so I, I mean, I backing up, I do, I did a lot of improv and sketch with Magnet Theater. Right. And that's how I met um, Charles Rogers. That's how I met Phoebe Tyres, who's also on the show. And right. she's with her twin sister Claire and they're amazing um 
And so I was friends with Charles and we were on improv teams and um, together. And then I, my day job has always been uh, makeup, uh, makeup and hair as a makeup artist, hairstylist and how I paid the bills. And I do love it. <laughs> um, but yeah, Charles and Sarah Violet were making Fort Tilden. And um, I remember I was eating at Kobayaki Grill on 7th Avenue. I know. Very yeah. hard to get a table. Yeah. <laughs> no, Shout out to it's them. Not, no, it's not. <laughs> if it's still there, it's really good. Um, I was eating there. Uh, they had a really good Kobe beef burger. Anyway, I was eating there and I got an email from Charles that said, I'm making a movie. Um, I would love to have you there. Uh, makeup, you know, nothing crazy. But if you're interested, let me know. And I immediately said yes. Um, and ended up, that's how I met him and uh, Sarah Violet. And it was really fun because I saw so many parallels. I continue to see parallels with Fort Tilden and Search Party. Mm -hmm. And I feel incredibly lucky to have been around their process and see and be a part of the collabor collaboration. Um, I also got to help. I assisted with makeup and hair department for the pilot of Search Party. So I was there when it was just a pilot and there was no, you know, the beauty of working on a pilot uh, certainly from the crew standpoint, it's like, this is just, it's so exciting. You're hanging out with your friends, you're making something and you don't know if it's going to go beyond this one week. And in my mind, I was just like, this is just the absolute best. Like I'll, I can't, I'm so happy to be here and disinfect brushes and like, <laughs> and braid my friend's hair. And like, I really was like, this is just a really beautiful, cool thing. And to watch my friends, um, my incredibly smart cool friends like get to make something that goes on has just been um incredibly lovely uh For, it must be yes um, yeah and and i mean as we talk about the makeup uh, thing yeah. i mean i'm really noticing i am in need of some help here on the oh. <laughs> <laughs> on the side no. by side. I don't know if it's the lighting. I mean, I'm not a terrifically uh, unpale person to begin with, but um, no, the, you look great. The lighting is great. I, mm. I also, no one can see this, which is so horrible. But you have a really cool owl pendant. Yes, the amulet um, uh, is in fine shape today. It's but beautiful. It's a really stark comparison. <laughs> I mean, that's somebody that knows how to uh, present themselves to the world and perhaps a shut in. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Which is you know, what I've become. <laughs> um, me too, in many. I, I mean, I, I want to announce, even though no one can see, and it is also hor equally horrible. Like I've had this dress; it's from TJ Maxx. I've had it for um, at least no eleven years. I bought it to audition for something I saw on like Backstage.com eleven years ago. It was like something about Wyatt Earp. I don't remember. I didn't even get to go in the room. I waited there for like eight hours because I wasn't equity. And um, I sat in the hallway and just like ate Advil because I had a headache. <laughs> and they, this guy kept being like, uh, oh, any minute now, any minute now, honey. And then like in the end of the day, he was like, I'm sorry. Like, there's just no room to see you. But I bought this dress to audition. I don't know, to be Wyatt Earp's friend or neighbor <laughs> but oh. i wear it all the time it's my own it's my favorite audition dress <laughs> yeah uh, to, to be wyatt earp's friend just, <laughs> i know imagine uh, in a lovely sleeveless uh dress uh, <laughs> sitting on some dusty bench somewhere i know uh, the dream well, yeah it's a but and that points to the fact that just it's glamorous show business sometimes you know it's the best it's yeah. i mean dale I'll keep it short, but my answer is I love the circus and yeah. entertainment is the circus life. And if you, um, if you're willing, ready and willing to join the circus, and I don't mean that in like a um, goofy, like boomery, like what a circus it is. I mean like the actual circus, the actual circus like yes. poop and, um, not, yeah, not just, the first thing that <laughs> occurs poop. to me. Just like <laughs> elephant poop and okay. like All running right. through fire and, um. You know, if someone's like, hey, can you ride a motorcycle? And you're like, no. And they're like, well, figure it out by Friday because we need you to. And then you're like, okay, sure. And we'll give you $5. Um, I'm going to go out on a limb and suggest <laughs> <laughs> that perhaps the circuses of Anaheim were different. Oh. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> sure. I grew up with. Sure. Um, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> if you're ready for that, then then um, entertainment is for you. I think. Right. 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 Uh, I'm. I'm getting there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But and and what do you think though? Uh, because it's a profession that you are engaged with. Uh, what do you think is makes great film makeup? Mm. Um, I think what makes great film makeup is there definitely needs to be, um, just like with any shoot, any project, um, you need to hire artists that you already trust and love and believe in their work and you love their sensibility. I mean, I'm talking about, I guess, specifically a makeup artist in this case, but any artist really, I feel this way where it's like, you know, you hire the person um, because you love their work and their style. You love their eyes. You know what I mean? Like you love their vision and it's, you can have a good, um, you can have good communication and tell them what you want, but also know when to step away and let them put their uh, touch on it. And so for me, when I, I feel like what makes good film makeup is when I see that in play. I see that whole practice in play where I really feel like the director um, stood out of the way a little bit and let the the makeup artist do their thing. I mean, I think it's a compliment when someone, you can watch a movie and say, oh, I know who, I know who did the makeup. Um, mm. Because you, you know, that's when you really see their, um, their talent or what makes them special. So I feel like just as I like feeling when a film was a collaboration. I mean, there's a leader and then it's really a collaborative process. So I think that's what makes good film makeup. I hate, I'll tell you what I hate. Okay. I, <laughs> I hate, Get ready. I hate when I see announcement, announcement. I hate when I see a, a person like, uh, I see this a lot in, um, Christmas movies where a girl gets up out of bed and she has a ponytail and Abby, my friend Abby's here. <laughs> Abby, I hope you are listening because I've yelled about this all COVID. Um, <laughs> when you see a, can I say fuck? You see a fucking, a ponytail yeah. and it has a little piece of hair wrapped around the hairband to hide the hairband, oh. um, which is something I think should be reserved for prom or Bank of America, if you work at Bank of America, yeah. or if you're auditioning for Bank of America, you yeah. know, like, I don't think anybody in their right mind gets out of bed with a ponytail that has a little piece of hair to hide the hair tie. And I see that a lot in like holiday films. Wow. Um, That's very specific. Bad and, uh, ones. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Keep, yeah. keep um, your eye out for that ponytail. I don't like it. It's no, not it's, real. No, no. Unlike the rest of that. Uh, film uh. <laughs> um but you'd be surprised where you would see to be very serious you'd be you'd be surprised where you see that ponytail um i hate it it's not real i've never i've i've only ever been hired to do that ponytail on someone uh -huh. with a little piece around the hair bed now, i've never is, seen someone do it to themselves this is a separate piece of hair or this is their own <laughs> hair that is being used or this is something that gets brought in all of the above. It could wow. be all of the above. And I support okay. all the ways that it happens. And yeah. I do think I support that look in when it makes sense. Yeah. You know, in film, if it makes sense. But when someone's getting out of bed, I like that they if they look like they're getting out of bed. Right. Um, Especially if there's somebody who has uh, maybe a young professional woman who has given up her life in the city for small town life, <laughs> uh, somehow fallen for the town vet who is a little bit rough around the edges. Yeah, Wyatt Earp. But, but, <laughs> Wyatt Earp, who convinces her to leave her life in the city. Right. Uh, and uh, also coincidentally has an uncle that looks a lot like Santa Claus, perhaps <laughs> played by Brian Doyle Murray. But the, the wow. actual uh, thing that you're paying attention there is that that hairband that they better not be there they better look like they woke up yeah i just i like when a ponytail looks like a ponytail sure. like when you yeah. you know but i'm yeah. famous ponytails yeah. i once did i once prepared the ponytail for pen gillette oh yeah, yeah. i mean talk about circus life yes yeah that's what yeah so that was very exciting um that's probably the most famous ponytail i've ever 
um, encountered. <laughs> yes, no, that's uh, that's a terrific career highlight. And <laughs> it was, it really was. <laughs> yeah, 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 but um, yeah. So that long answer about collaboration, and then also just like make sure it looks real. Nothing takes me out of it more than um, curls that shouldn't that wouldn't make sense, and yeah. a ponytail with hair around it. See, I thought you were going to say that if they woke up in full makeup, you know, that they'd gone to. You know, I don't mind that. Don't that. <laughs> I don't mind that because I've <laughs> I have more forgiveness there because I've definitely been in things where I'm like, oh, excuse me, could I have just like a little more lipstick, maybe? Like, okay. <laughs> I think we all got to do what we want to do, and the I let that go, um, but I will I refuse to let go of the pony. Yeah, I, I got you. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you speak to collaboration, of course. If you're doing makeup, I assume that you're you have to be in line with the lighting uh, person because so much of that is just what's being bounced and reflected yes. and where it's going, and probably the DP or something to to know how the shot's being framed and all that. So I think everyone should yeah. make friends with gaffers. Yeah. I think everyone should make friends with gaffers. I think that um, I have a lot of gaffer friends, <laughs> and they've changed my life. They've made me they've made me who I am. But they've definitely, I think that lighting, you're absolutely right. You, The makeup is only as good as the lighting, really, I, yeah. at the end of the day. And um, uh, my favorite, favorite makeup artist in the whole world is Dick Page. I really believe everyone should check him out. He's also a phenomenal cook and happily married, I'm, I, <laughs> I think. So, so ladies. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, he's so, he's so cool. Like, He's really, really cool. I love him very much. I've followed his career forever. Um, I used to work for this company called Shiseido, and he used to be the, um, oh God, I, I, I creative director or the makeup. He was the it's head. It's like a makeup brand, <laughs> makeup isn't it? Artist. Yes, makeup and skincare. Yeah, okay. um, yes. Japanese company. Yeah, it's wonderful. But he, um, yes. Yeah. yes. And um, I just love him. But his, I remember he talked about like lighting, and he also talked about, I'm, but I'm not going to be able to properly quote, but he mentioned, he's like, I'd he said something like, I'd rather be a small part of something really wonderful than be like front and center of something that's so, so, and yeah. that's not the exact quote, but I, I really, really love that line about, I love that um, mentality. I think that better to be a small part of something wonderful than try to be like front and center of something shitty. <laughs> <laughs> you know sure it's sometimes hard for us only children to do that though isn't it yeah oh, be, oh well yeah yeah sure <laughs> yes. um <laughs> but i yes. think i did okay <laughs> um but yeah i think that can happen you know like um perhaps another version of that is like when your drama teacher when you're a kid is like there's no small parts only small actors or whatever horrible thing they say yeah. but like yeah i think that um so if we're just talking about makeup, then certainly like knowing like I put my like with Fort Tilden, for example, which if you haven't seen it, it's a wonderful, wonderful film. Yep. Um, if you're looking at the makeup and the hair, there's nothing that's going to blow your mind. I mean, I didn't do any special effects. I didn't do any I didn't do anything crazy there, really. But to, that is probably one of my favorite um, projects I've ever worked on as a makeup artist, because the whole piece was exciting and wonderful and I felt I mean this is going to sound corny I guess but whatever I really felt a lot of ownership over making sure these two girls really truly look like their day is getting worse and worse and worse and you know it what a joy what a thrill it is when someone you know sees you on the street and they're like oh my god you look terrible or you look really tired <laughs> because right. they're responding to that the energy in your face and the way you're carrying yourself and yep. they're usually right <laughs> about me anyway. And I felt um, very proud to kind of be a part of that part of that movie, which is like with each stop, they're supposed to look like it's just getting worse and worse. And um, yeah, anyway, so. To, to do that subtly is uh, an accomplishment. And uh, would you prefer to move, to continue to do that kind of thing? Or do you have a desire to also do that kind of transformative uh, alien, 
uh, mm. uh, you know, some yeah. of these shows and things that they have where they have competitions sure. about changing the person entirely. Do you are you gravitate more towards uh, a realistic a degradation of emotion <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or this sure. other thing? Um, I I love I'm open to all of it and I love all of it. I think I I do prefer perhaps the subtle just because I think that there's something exciting in that about how do you capture subtlety? How do you, how do you contribute to something to an actor without getting in their way and yet, and yet give them just enough to, to help them. Um, That's really exciting. And it's harder than it looks because to go too far is incredibly distracting, Um, can be very distracting. But that being said, uh, yeah, I do love, um, uh, special effects and alien makeup. I have a friend who wants to work on something where he has like big pointy ears and like a elongated chin and fun stuff uh, happening with the clavicle bone. And sure. um, yeah, I would love to do more stuff like that. Absolutely. <laughs> and was there uh, one uncle that uh, gave oh. <laughs> you the, the path to makeup or was that from a different side? Um, that would probably, there was one uncle that would let me do his makeup and promise not, or he was like, yeah, sure. You can play with makeup on me. That's fine. My dad was always like, don't tell anybody. He did like (laughs) that. I let you do this. And my dad definitely growl. He had like a growly quality to his voice. And he would, um, he, uh, as I would be like playing with makeup on his face, he would say like, it's burning, it's burning. And it definitely wasn't, but he just (laughs) had this belief in his head that like makeup burned your skin. But no, I would say it was, it was more my mom. My mom, uh, was, um, I don't know how much this will mean to you, but my mom was a big Clinique lady in her day. Sure. She got sucked in by Clinique as we all do. And it's fine. Clinique. I love you. I love bamboo (laughs) pink. Wonderful lip color. Wonderful product. Yep. (laughs) Um, but she was the one who, uh, got me into, I mean, I also do, uh, I draw, I love to draw and paint and makeup is like that. As you know, I don't need to tell, oh wait, um, yeah, but as you maybe know, (laughs) drawing and painting, uh, rocks and I love doing that and it's like makeup. Yes. Yeah. Well, as with yeah. I, I mean, I consider myself a creative individual, so yeah, okay. I like to do some of those, <laughs> dabble in some of those worlds too, um, and it's it's all of a piece uh, to me. And I think we have a kind of a better sense of of where you sit within this, and a constant tension between kind of asserting your personality, putting that forward, your identity, and then also kind of keeping some of it back, maybe, uh, maybe going this, putting it into more of a fantasy realm or uh, yeah. just pushing it. This, it's a, that is the role of the actor, I guess. It is. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with having a persona that you kind of, I don't think that necessarily having a persona or a character means like you're not being yourself. And I think that, um, I remember like, uh, again, David Letterman, I'm going to misquote him completely I don't really like quoting but the gist of something he said and he was my favorite growing up um he I remember he talked about um something like he he loved when someone would come on to do an interview and they were prepared to like put on a show I remember catch he was like something about how he hated people coming on and not having anything prepared and I know that kind of goes against that maybe the ethos of improv on paper but I don't think so in that like I think it Personally, I think it's your duty as a as an entertainer to, and you can have, you should have boundaries, of course, but like to show up and bring it because at the end of the day, you're an entertainer. And so I think it's like kind of tying it back to being an only child when people are so mean to us still and say like, <laughs> and say things like, oh, they just want attention. And it's like, well, but also like, what would you do without us? <laughs> Like, thank God I'm at this party. You haven't haven't given me any companions. You're welcome. Yeah. If you want me to interact at this level, well, then I may have to uh, put on some uh, uh, turtleneck or something. Um, (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) um, That's, uh, well, you know, and especially when you're talking about something at like a Letterman level, it's fine to go into an improv stage or something. You're in the. the pit basement or whatever and, and goof around but uh, if you're you know you got five minutes three yeah. minutes on letterman have something in mind <laughs> yeah announcement for everyone at home when Come you're on. yeah <laughs> 
come yeah. on, just put a little effort into it, and that's that's all you need to do. It's all that's being asked. Yeah, I mean the the greats. I'll I promise I won't say any. I won't talk too long, but I will just say because it's so important yeah. that when you watch vaudeville and people are doing like ballet on light bulbs, like they're going on point on light bulbs and juggling, and their mini poodle is like. I don't know, feeding the audience or something. That's <laughs> like right. Throw- yeah. I love I that mean, act. I love, <laughs> um, yeah, that, that's incredibly rehearsed and it's a very tight, all those bits were, or those act, acts were very tight. And um, my point is those were amazing and perfect, <laughs> and, but they prepared. Be prepared. <laughs> Being prepared is not a bad thing. Um, yes. I mean, I wish I had the uh, talent to do character stuff. I don't. Uh, but uh, I always <laughs> admire it. And, uh, yeah, but I'm right there with you in terms of appreciating the the preparedness that goes into any public display. Yes. It's true. Um, well, Rebecca, this has just been delightful. Oh, and uh, I'm sad that it has to end. Uh, no, it's great. <laughs> but this has been terrific, uh, getting a sense of uh, you and, and your work and your approach to things. It's really uh, delightful. So I, I, I thank you very much for joining oh, us. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. Absolutely. And uh, continued success with everything. Will we see you in future things? Should we keep an eye out? Is there a way to keep track of that? Yes. I mean, definitely keep your eyes out and follow me on IMDb because <laughs> um, I had to pay for a pro account recently. Oh, which, so, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, but if anyone wants to sponsor and pay for that, that would be great. But uh, okay. you can look on IMDb. Uh, follow me on uh, Instagram, Lobster Bisque. Um, yeah. Follow me there to stay tuned. And um, yeah keep an eye out thank you so much for having me all right well we'll talk again soon okay okay bye bye (laughs) bye bye oh there we go so fascinating uh so much fun everyone's journeys are so interesting and complex and yet more often than not people end up exactly where they need to be don't they i'm so thankful to rebecca for joining me and for your company as well this week we're getting through it I'm sneezing again, which means spring is really here, which also means that Linen Turtle next season is right around the corner. Now, if you enjoy this show, or maybe you're curious about podcasting remotely, we have a link up on our site from our friends at Squadcast. It's a reliable and easy platform. You get a free trial by going uh, through us uh, through that link. For now, oh, I'm going to go listen to the Samsung Symphony. It plays every time my new washing machine completes a cycle. And if I time it right, I can sync up my dishwasher to play at the same moment. And oh, what beautiful harmonies there are then. Oh, you can tell. There's lots to do, obviously. So as I say farewell for now, remember that although this night is ending, a bright new day is just ahead. Deep Night with Dale is produced and performed by James Bewley. Season theme song by Mariam Cadus of Space Moth. Season podcast icon by Philippa Beleza. Incidental music heard throughout the program by the talented roster at Howler Hills Farm in Ohio. Remember to rate and review the program on Apple Podcasts or tune in and stream the show on Spotify, SoundCloud, Pandora, or Stitcher, wherever you find fine audio content. To see any of our live shows or other short videos, visit our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Radio, and follow us on Instagram at Seaver is the handle. Thanks again for listening, and remember this season to keep your portals open and at a safe...